0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Amora Podcast. This is Barbara, your host, and I am so, so happy to be here again. Um, yeah, I just saw a double rainbow. This is probably the prettiest and my favorite time of the day. It's like after it rains, the sky is clear and it there's this like orangey warm light that somehow makes sense with a little bit of a of a cloudy cloudiness juxtaposing the blue sky it's beautiful um there was a double rainbow i was really i'm so sorry i'm going to turn this off right now i was really bummed out earlier um i had a little bit of a disappointing situation that i might get into later (laughs) Um, I actually started having an an incredible day like I was just so anxious to go to school well to university and um, actually I don't know if I was anxious was I anxious I don't know actually my morning started going to my friend's place she just lives a couple blocks from here and it's so refreshing whenever I see her we speak French, Spanish, English, and it's just like a very rich conversation. And she's so creative and she's so fun and smart and artistic and she inspires me so much. So it was just like this rush of energy that I that I started my day with. So we had a little bit of a morning catch up in her. place in the middle of the bush and and then I went to uni to do some work and some study I, I mean that was the intention but I didn't I ended up saying hi to like 20 people that I hadn't seen since the summer started three months ago I'm gonna say so there was a lot of catching up and it was wonderful I saw a few of my friends and it was so great I was just so happy it's just like one of those I was also really caffeinated, and um, yeah, I literally just got really caffeinated with a flat white for a reason. It usually doesn't get me like that, but I was so, so caffeinated, so that added with the excitement of seeing so many people. I was just kind of all over the place right before my lecture, but it was really great though. It was a great first half of the day. <laughs> Um, But then I just got weird and my mood just dropped and I was pretty sad after. And so I started cooking. I went into the kitchen and I felt resourceful because I, another reason why I was just like, oh, fuck this. It's because I thought that I had no food and I was just like, you know, felt didn't have anything. Did I, I didn't have any meals planned or anything. So I just like literally took Everything that was in my fridge, vegetable wise and everything wise. <laughs> and I used everything I had in my fridge um, and just made a whole massive thing of roasted veggies, b- cooked vegetables, like a stir fry, and then boiled some buckwheat and kind of came up with this whole thing. It was really great. Um, I love when that happens, when I just have no energy to go to the supermarket or there's no farmer's market yet or something and i just use up everything that i have in my fridge food waste really disgusts me so i'm pretty good at being resourceful with the food and it's it's great so my cooking made my mood automatically better i was sipping on some miso soup um in the meantime so it was very comforting and and great (laughs) for lack of a better word and um and then it started raining a little bit. There was like this just shy drizzle. And there's a garden right outside while well, my house is surrounded by green pretty much. So there was this double rainbow right in front of the garden and it was beautiful. It was so, so beautiful. I was feeling still kind of a little bit with traces of that weird um, sadness that I started feeling. Um, and as soon as I saw the double rainbow, I was just like, Oh, the gay, the sky's gay today. And it's telling me to, to be happy and feel better. Yeah, it was, it was, it was gorgeous. It made me so happy. It was just, I was just sipping on my tea. It was drizzling a little bit and I was just outside and looking at the rainbow, um, because, you know, it's like those moments when it's kind of raining, but there's light. You know, it somehow feels very surreal. To me, that's a very surreal scene. And that also just makes me think a lot of Dalí, of Salvador Dalí's paintings. Um, I love Salvador Dalí. I kind of makes my fucking... English accent with Spanish, but this is Spanish, so Salvador Dalí, okay? So, <laughs> I fucking love Salvador Dalí. I went to this surrealist exhibition a few months ago here that had an incredible, massive collection of surrealist, um, of surrealism, and, yeah, the, like, the the sky and the light, this just absolutely gives me the vibes of, like, a deli. so it was it was great. It was one of those moments that kind of, like, took me out of my autopilot and kind of re-centered me in just in kind of in a more mellow place more neutral of embracing the present moment um and that was really good that automatically automatically made me feel better and I was just like you know what I feel like I feel a little bit chatty I want to record a podcast episode and so here we are Um, I've actually been writing the content for this episode for the past few days, actually. You should be very proud of me. I didn't come here to improvise. Not that I always do that and not that it's a bad thing, but, um, I'm really proud. I actually did a little bit of research, asked you guys for some, I fucking hate saying that, I'm so sorry. I asked you on Instagram about some of your experiences uh with being in a romantic relationship either if it was a conventional what is conventionally conceived as a relationship or as a commitment or not i just wanted to know your experiences on dating people or being with somebody or loving somebody from a different ethnicity nationality cultural background of from you and, um, yeah, I, I gathered a few really interesting, uh, points that I resonate with a lot, um, because today we're going to be talking about the sides of being with somebody different to you that nobody really, I mean, not like nobody, but you know, it's hardly talked about. I think there's this big romanticization of, you know going overseas and falling in love with somebody different to you and I I see a lot of like at least coming at, at least me as a Latin American woman I see a lot a massive romanticization of going overseas and marrying or getting or be you know being with a white man um I would say white person but in Latin American culture it's emph- emphasized on for on when it comes to women on being with a white man, so there's this kind of inherent romanticization and pressure when it comes to yeah when it when it comes to topics like these for some people some nationalities. Um, I remember growing up and hearing all these racist as fuck comments about you know um, of people uh, referring to somebody who got with a white man, or that had babies with a white man, um, as somebody who was making the race better. You know what I mean? It's kind of fucking crazy. Uh, So I grew up hearing all those fucked up things. I truly never fell for them. They always made me extremely uncomfortable. Um, But I definitely grew up romanticizing the beauty Because there's a beauty in there, absolutely. But I grew up and still am navigating um, and kind of uncoding the romantization of being or loving people different to us. And by people, I mean any gender. This is going to be drawn from my personal experience, but I think this applies, again, to any gender, nationalities. Of course, cultural backgrounds are extremely different, and this is just from my personal experience and from the people that I've talked to, the things that I've read, what I've seen along the way, but none of this is um, specifically tailored for a personality or a gender, a culture, Um, so I invite you to take what resonates with you, what you agree with, what you find interesting and simply leave behind behind what, um, yeah, what doesn't, what just doesn't really vibe with you. So, um, so yeah, this is a really interesting topic for me. I fucking love talking about this so, so much. I am fascinated by Human behavior. I'm fascinated by how and why we do things, how our unconscious minds and our nurturing, our social, spatial nurturing um, impacts our ways of doing things, our personality, our actions, habits. Um, So, this is a very exciting and special episode for me, especially because also I'm going to be spilling some tea. So, you're welcome in advance, everybody. Um so I I I received a message that v- pretty much encapsulated really well one of my first experiences as a woman of color in the west um and being with a white man in this case um and how I felt for kind of like the beginning of my exploration of time, space and race and identity and everything and and adding into the mix, you know, being with somebody and emotional, the emotionalness, the emotion that comes with being with somebody. If it's by itself complicated, I think there's a few layers added into the mix of challenges of being with somebody when that person or those people are from a different background to yours and this all of this applies to anybody not just like different ethnicities or cultures or races or whatever but um, this could be anything I think at the end of the day we're human beings and it's sometimes really really hard narrowing down something to oh yeah that's because of the race or that's because of the nationality um, but I believe that there's a few things that can really impact um, how we communicate and how we deal with, um, with our feelings or emotions and the other person's or the other people's. Somebody messaged me something, yeah, that very much articulated the very hard feeling that I used to get at first when I was exploring all of this um, well-being with a white man or with white men in general um, that's been... Uh, I've had a few of those experiences and I, I can pretty much go around this for a whole day. But um, I'm going to try to narrow it down and not just focus on those experiences just because um, not really worth it to be honest. Um, but this is a really interesting point because this person who's half Asian um, and has a partner who's white um, happens to be into Asians and they feel very disillusionated, Disillusioned. Disillus- oh, fuck! how do you pronounce that? I have such a hard time disillusionated, Disillusionate. yeah, Disil- yeah, so this person mentions that the partner is actively accepts, <laughs> openly accepts the fact that they are into Asians and this person explains the frustration that comes with kind of having to assume an identity to kind of solidify the the distinction that comes with that kind of thing which is a very complicated and complex moment to be in or feel like you are you you need to fulfill in a way you know it's kind of like trying to fit in with this image or pre-constructed uh notion right so um It feels like there are stereotypes that need to be fulfilled. I'm quoting here. It feels like there's stereotypes that need to be fulfilled, uh, a.k.a. why am I the one who doesn't like spicy food and doesn't use chopsticks? I adore my partner but feel odd about him liking Asians because it makes me only feel seen or liked for my race. On the contrary, in dating contexts, it always feels like if they don't like Asians, I'm the exception to their taste. And when uh, when they drop me, I'll be left for the next blonde girl. This is super interesting because i felt this way before and I was actually talking to one of my friends about this the other day. It was just like, what's more red flags? Being with a white person who somehow fetishizes or some, somehow is really into a certain ethnicity. I've heard countless of times people um, saying that their type is a certain ethnicity or a certain nationality, which... That's not a fucking type, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, so we were talking about this and we're just like, what's more of a red flag being with a white person who somehow may fetishize an ethnicity? Um, being with somebody who fetishizes or you know adores a certain ethnicity or color or let's say type that some people kind of use to simply say that they're fetishizing a certain culture or ethnicity, or somebody who like this person said, has never been with people from a different demographic, you know what I mean? W- who has exclusively been with people like them in this case, um, white people with white people. Um, you know, because I think that when we are <laughs> talking about white people, we definitely should include the f- ex. Exotic- exo- exotization- exo- fuck me, I literally can't say these words right now. The fetishization f- factor. Um, and everything that goes around exoticizing somebody, I literally can't tell you how many times I've been called exotic and I've just been exoticized by white men, especially in white countries. It's so fucking crazy. When I was living in France, I would all the time be seen as, um, you know, as a Latin American woman who... For In my personal opinion, I look pretty Latin American, you know, Um, and sometimes I feel like I need to fulfill this role of being literally the stereotype of a Latina, when in reality I don't fully feel like that anymore at all, just, you know, because I've detached from, first of all, it's a fucking stereotype, first of all, it's a very Hollywood approach to expect all Latina women or all, you know tan people people of color to fucking act a certain way or speak a certain way right like that's just so bullshit but anyways um whenever when I was living in France people especially white men would always be calling me exotic would always be complimenting me on being like oh my goodness you're so exotic you're so exotic you're so exotic and you know using that as a way of telling me that I'm unique, and probably telling me that I'm a little bit more spicy or colorful than, let's say, white French women. In this case, the majority of, of let's say, the, the the vast majority of, of women um, in a certain area or place. Calling somebody exotic, it's horrible, um, because you are giving them an adjective that you would use for a place or an animal or a thing and that's kind of objectifying people automatically. That's kind of putting them in a category where you would also categorize things and places and animals and that's just not cool. You know what I mean? That kind of inherently has the sense of coming from somebody who is pointing out at, a, at another person for being different because they probably don't belong there. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the thought, the maybe the unconscious way of referring to somebody as exotic, you know, like a, somebody who probably is like, oh, you must not be from here, you're so exotic, you know what I mean? So um, I would definitely suggest you going a little bit deeper um, in, yeah, around exoticism, fetish fetishism, Fetishization, fetishization. Um, super interesting. And there's people who explain it way better than me. And you can actually come up with your own conclusion. To me, as somebody who's experienced that, I, I don't like it. I don't use it. But um, again, each individual makes their own belief system and their own ways of using words. So you do your research and decide... But um, as somebody who's been dealing with that and probably a lot of people, a lot of people deal with this. It's just listen from them what they don't take as a fucking compliment. Anyway, so I think this, um, this little message really encapsulated a big sense of this, let's say, darker side and not darker in a negative way, just a side that doesn't really get a lot of light you know there's not um, there's not a lot of attention around this um, like in this little corner of the beauty of being with somebody different to you um, but also deserves attention and deserves conversation absolutely um, I think because it just uh, enhances this feeling of being humans and this, and all the differences that come with that, and all the challenges and um, the nature of of our f- um, of our desire to be accepted and loved. And I think that's very very beautiful. But I think that in order to uh, achieve that, we need to understand and make it conscious to bring it from our unconscious into our conscious to actually be selective with what we keep and what we with we with what we pursue so that's why i think it's so important to have these conversations more accessible um so automatically there's um the factor of um you know feeling exoticized for example with these comments of some people being very open about them liking certain ethnicities or certain types of people kinds of people um and it's very common I've had endless conversations with friends and people that I meet along the way that are just literally like you know what this is kind of this happens quite often it could be something that could be unconscious coming from a white person you know like objectifying a person of color um so that's a factor very important um a very uh something to consider something to keep in mind and to get more educated on the side of yeah fetishization and the um the implications of of fetishizing uh people in general and kind of like labeling them uh and kind of putting certain uh yeah kind of like embracing looks from a culture but not really engaging with a culture and not really um, embracing the the rich uh, the rich heritage and baggage from the culture you know I've been in situations where I feel very embraced by my looks, by how loud I am or how funny I am or how, you know, people love when I pronounce things in the right way from the language I'm speaking. You know, like people just, if I roll my R's or if I say something or my last name, people's, you know, all crazy about it. But when it comes to diving a little bit deeper into it, respecting, uh, pronouncing things right, um, listening to somebody's experiences invalidating them or simply giving the space to listen to somebody... Uh, From another culture, it's it's not just about embracing the looks, you know what I mean? And I've been in situations, endless, countless of situations where I feel partially embraced, you know. It's like the beauty of that diversity, you know, the looks and the the spice and like you know all these things. But then, what about the other things? Like, what about you actually getting a little bit going beyond just liking what you're seeing and kind of like trying to instigate a little bit more on how to be more respectful towards people from this culture, how to understand why these people uh, feel this way, their generational trauma. You know, it's like kind of opening up a little bit more uh, beyond what we see and beyond just liking the looks or those very stereotypical, widely embraced and loved traits of a certain ethnicity. You know, so this is just me drawing from my very personal experiences of the yeah of, of the reality of what it is to feel partially embraced by not just by society but by a partner and and, and it's very rough it's it's very rough cuz if there's no awareness around this then you just don't want to so you're it's not our responsibility to educate people you know what i mean especially as a person of color i don't think that it's our responsibility to be explaining why they should not be calling us exotic or why they should you know blah 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 i don't think it's my responsibility as somebody who's dealing with this all like every single day you know but at the same time i'm like well if it's unconscious somehow it's like not their personal fault but you know what i mean it's kind of like a dilemma it's like a little bit of a dilemma it's definitely a choice to (laughs) to kind of keep those things unquestioned it's absolutely a choice um but it it it's it could be it could feel very isolating to feel partially embraced, uh, as a person from, uh, if being in from a different culture to your partner, for example. Um, so yeah, this this feeling of feeling like you're only being seen by by your race, it's 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 really interesting because now with people moving all around and having. You know, with traveling being more accessible, um, people grow, like, there's different upbringings, like, there's so many different upbringings, and I don't feel like a nationality now, nowadays, is a synonym of somehow your personality or somehow like your general beliefs or traits you know like when people ask me like (laughs) I fucking hate this question but when I tell people that I'm from Mexico they're just like oh do you have a big family are you Catholic like blah blah like they bring all these stereotypes and like they automatically assume and like they imprint on my nationality all these cultural beliefs and all these cultural like just like stereotypes that I don't resonate with at all simply because I had such a different upbringing to so many mexicans and so many other people just like everybody does Upbringings brings are so different starting up with your parents with your uh social atmosphere with your school the way that you were raised the way the, the the way that you were talked about like it's just so different that it's so ridiculous to try to label somebody for being a certain way because of their nationality so i think that when people are being perceived as who they are because of their race is somehow once again kind of objectifying people it's kind of like seeing somebody as a something instead you know that kind of has these like general patterns like i do believe that there's like a shared collective sense of identity and being from from a place and identifying as somebody from somewhere but i i think that it's really really tough to navigate when you feel like you're being just perceived by your race um rather than an individual human being which is what we all are so i encourage you to think about literally how how similar we are yes in general like i've talked about this all the time i'm a big believer in like the thing of like oh we're all one sort of thing you know what i mean like at the end of the day we all want the same things like we want to be happy we want to be loved we want to feel certain things we all you know like everything and you know but at the same time I think that it's very important to consider that every single person is a universe and every single person has a different upbringing, has different traumas, has different preferences, has a different everything and you just can't take those um, uh, those factors like nationality or you know things that you can't really choose, as somebody's personality, or as somebody's whole persona, that's so unfair. That's literally so fucking unfair. I make such an active effort to question so many things that I learned from, you know, my upbringing, like, from my culture, things that I don't like, like, I read, you know, certain things, like, I watch, you know, like, I, I'm a big curator in my life, like, I'm such a big curator, and when somebody just kind of, like, narrows my personality down to my nationality, to oh my goodness you're so loud because you're you know because you're latina bro it's like shut up you know what i mean it's not because of that like i've actually i was so fucking shy when i was younger i me being able to do this right now would have terrified me years ago like would have absolutely made me lose my mind because this is not really something that i was born with like i worked so hard to be able to raise my voice and use my voice. Uh, Because this is something that kind of goes a little bit unsaid, but Latin American women are not very encouraged to speak up and use our voices. So doing this and attributing that, giving the credit of my loudness, let's say, to my nationality, it's a little bit unfair in all the effort that I've done to be able to do this. That's just a little example. A little food for f- food for thought for you to think and consider when attributing certain traits to somebody's nationality or somebody's gender or social class or whatever the fuck you know they um they don't as unconsciously choose or curate um yeah that, that, that being perceived as something as, as something rather than somebody really fucks up with your identity at times it's really tough and um it's so hard to navigate it could be very lonely because sometimes i just forget that there's more people who feel this way and i'm just like bro why am i the only person struggling with this feeling so lost feeling so you know like it's so weird but there's a lot of people navigating this and to me I have no answers to these feelings because it really fucking sucks. Like it sucks so bad. I have no answers. But what I can say that has saved my life and that's been so healing has been encountering people who are in your similar situation. I think diversity is very healing. Gender diverse people, um... Uh, multicultural people, people who speak different languages, you know, like being in those kinds of environments, it's so healing because you remember that you're not alone. If that makes any sense, like to me, when I'm in very homogenous places and I'm like, clearly the only physically different person that automatically sets me in a very, um, in a very uncomfortable, position where I am probably being perceived by my nationality or by my skin color or like by my, you know, way, my, my accent way of speaking, you know what I mean? It's like those, those situations trigger my anxiety so bad and make me feel so misplaced and blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I am hanging out with people, with women of color, with people who speak different languages, with people who are also living overseas with people who do things or simply people who hold space for others to be and speak and they listen and take that in, that's so healing and I can't recommend enough that if you're feeling lonely or isolated, you seek people who will hold space for you. And if you haven't found somebody, I would also suggest being that person who holds space for other people it's so healing to be both and to have an active role in dismantling this fucking construct of um of enabling only a few to have a platform and a voice and to kind of um if somebody has an accent, then you kind of think that they're not as smart. Or if somebody looks a certain way, you kind of assume... You know, like, just a whole fucking assumption thing. And, like, just, you know, I... Yeah. Sometimes I think, and I'm like, if I had a thicker accent, I wonder if people will take me seriously. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a fucked up thought. But, like, I know that there's a massive privilege in sounding a certain way. And I I, I, always talk about... um learning another language just because it's so great it's very humbling and it's also so mind opening and whenever I talk to people about this I've heard so many stories and personally I've experienced this of being terrified of speaking in the first place because you know you're aware of your accent you're aware that you're different you're aware that you sound silly and you're aware that people are not going to take you seriously and that's that's a very valid point that's very valid because unfortunately we really um we really take into account how people sound and we kinda link that to their intelligence, their um, you know, their capacity and that really sucks. And I think that comes from a place of lacking diversity and lacking tolerance, you know? If 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 you find yourself in situations where you're assuming people's um personality traits or something around the way they look, you probably might want to start respectfully holding space and hearing different stories and also seeing your friend group seeing the kind of people you hang out with if it's just people from your same race let's say if it's just white people if you're just hanging out with white people then you might kind of want to start having a little bit of diversity, spicing things up a little bit. And I don't mean to say that in a way that it's like exoticizing or whatever. It's like literally just immersing yourself in social contexts where you might learn. I literally went in another, in a segue where I'm just talking about like race and everything in general, but I think it's very important to understand these basics um, before <laughs> jumping into the relationship stuff. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much how the presence of stereotypes of the stereotype to fulfill sort of thing, um, affects, um, uh, the person who they are being reflected upon, uh, could be very damaging. And, uh, if you have a person in your life who has maybe felt this way, check in with them and just be like, Hey, how are you feeling about this? Like what, how would you you know, is there something I can do? Is there some words that I use that may trigger you know what I mean it's just like checking in with these people it's so important to open conversation around this and speak and from a perspective of being with somebody of romantically being with somebody I think these conversations are so so crucial so crucial Um, especially because you you just don't want to hold space sexually for your partner Um, you just don't want to be consensual with your partner um, in an intimate space but in general you need to have these conversations about like hey is it okay if I say this is it okay if I you know like there's so many different things that we need to talk about like I remember that I was with this person and they would make when we were in social situations like social contexts they to try to be funny try to look chill try to look that they were you know um, I don't know open my uh, whatever the fuck I don't know what it was but um to try to look like that they would make s- <sighs> racial jokes and some of those jokes to kind of look laid back or something they would sometimes be offensive to me to where I come from you know like just like the fucking jokes of you know in general like really shitty jokes about my country or where I come from or you know shit like that they're just it's very offensive and I was just like bro like what are you doing like you know what I mean I was just like what is this like you would not speak to me this way in private why would you do that socially you know like we should show up socially as a team as somebody who if somebody says something like a weird fucking horrible joke we're here as a team and you, let's say, as a white person, you can use your privilege to call somebody out and be just like, you know, say something or, you know, not participate in this fucking joke instead of actually you being the one who's coming up with the jokes. Anyway, so I think that's why um, opening, having space, holding space for these conversations, it's so important, especially when you are, especially it's your responsibility if you are with somebody who's from a different place, uh, context from you. Um, It's very, very important to keep those things in mind. Okay, somebody else said um, that some of those things that are not really talked about as often either are the different parenting styles and cultural norma. Um, And it's really, really interesting that this comes up because I think this is such a massive factor. I remember there was this time when I was with somebody and they had a very different social, like, yeah social family friend group to mine different upbringing like different everything it was very very different and there was a moment when I was this was early on when I was kind of starting to question this and see this and you know navigating it as my own persona rather than as what you know you're supposed to do or what you should do or you know the what the internet would say that you should do anyways and so I remember that I like I, I I got this advice from somebody uh, that I was talking to. And they were just like, bro, like you're dating them. Like you're not dating their friend circle or their family. And at, at the time, this was very logical to me. This was like, oh yeah, that's true. Like whatever. I'm gonna, I'm just going to ignore everything else. Right. And it's just the person, but that's kind of bullshit. Like I have news for you. <laughs> you are also, when you're with somebody, you're not just with the person, but you're actually with their emotional needs, their trauma, their cultural background their friend group, their family. And there's a big gray area in this because absolutely that doesn't define us as people entirely. But this has a lot to do with how we are, you know? Because even if it's unconscious or deliberately chosen, this really impacts the way that we do things, the way that we say, the way that we act deliberately. So to me realizing that something like I could be with somebody with a very different upbringing than mine and if let's say that if it was traumatizing and they worked around that trauma and they at least understood or have you know have like this um awareness of what it was like and they're healing or they've they've they they're dealing with it or you know if there's an active Response to that, and there's um, somehow a way of bringing that knowledge into the table and being like, okay, this is, I didn't choose this, or you know, this is what happened, and I'm just gonna work around it, or you know, uh, forgive these people or these situations, or release this, or at least like see it objectively, you know what I mean? So, there were times when I would excuse a lot of shitty behavior with just me being like oh yeah but it's just like different you know bring whatever like you know so I think this has a lot to do and um it's a conversation very very much worth having um or, you know, just being aware of the fact that um, something as, let's say, simple as the way that they were raised or their household dynamics or functional versus dysfunctional families um, have a different impact. And that does not necessarily always mean that it's like good or bad, negative or positive, like absolutely not. I have I I know wonderful, incredible, beautiful people who have dealt with so much trauma in their lives, had a really tough childhood, you know dysfunctional family dynamics and they're incredible um and that's their own person you know what I mean they're not their trauma um they've decided to go through the trauma and understand it or at least see it and let it exist but not let them consume them like I'm not trying to antagonize trauma or dysfunctional families because I know that um (laughs) it's it's just so shit to do that. I, I don't want to be the fucking the 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 asshole saying that. Anyways, but um, but yeah, I think that it's so important to keep in mind that, um, it's it's just important to understand where the person's coming from. You know, I think it's important to simply know that there's differences, and um, uh, I think it's really interesting that parenting uh came up uh as a as an answer, because uh, when we're younger, like the way that the, the we're raised, kind of impacts on the way that we perceive or receive love in the way that we're, um, allowing ourselves to receive love in our love language. Um, you know, that has a lot to do. So if we want to understand the other person and we want to understand maybe why they're acting a certain way or even understand their needs, we could kind of trace back from there and be open and understanding and holding space for that as well. You know, it's not about, Seeking a perfect person with a perfect upbringing with zero traumas around certain things. Like, we all have our wounds, and that's absolutely fine. We can coexist, be a good person, a good partner, and have like fucked up pasts. You know what I mean? As long as it's in our awareness and we're actively doing something about it and we're being held in a safe way to exist with that, you know, and not really ashamed about it. Just rambling a little bit now, but um, I think it's really really interesting to see the upbringing as a factor um to think of and hold space for um when you're with somebody. Another point, really really important point that I want to highlight is understanding. Speaking of like the baggage and like each person's upbringing and stuff, I think it's really important to understand the reality of um where we're standing in and i know that re- the reality is pretty relative but um i think that in this case for the purpose of this conversation i'm going to use reality as kind of like the facts <laughs> if this if this makes any sense but i think that it's really important to understand that each human being has not just like a family you know like family baggage or his family history um but there's also a cultural baggage um that like I said earlier, leads kind of comes hand in hand with a love language, even um, with the expectations and sometimes a literal language barrier. It's really interesting to even think of the way in which language tailors the way that we receive, give or perceive love. I think it's fascinating to think of, of those things. I personally find that, um, in english for example i i honor my this side of me more i think and i think it's because i was more self taught in English about these things like I was more selective of what I wanted to learn in English of what I wanted to read of like all the concepts around like sexuality and like consent and everything that I know around that I started learning in English and I started having a really hard time in Spanish because it kind of culturally went against the norma so it's really, really interesting to see that and to understand where a person may be coming from or the way that they react to certain things or the way that they, that some of the ways of living might trigger them, you know, some of the ways that the other person reacts or whatever might trigger them. So in my case, for example, when I noticed that um, with partners or with people that I, I was with, uh, where there was a lack of that understanding, they would just be saying things just for saying them like without actually kind of taking into consideration that some things some some topics trigger me some phrases some words trigger me uh from my cultural background from things that I've seen that I grew up seeing that really hurt me that hurt my country you know what I mean so i think it's so important to consider that and to actually literally open up a conversation and be like hey how do you feel about this what's your opinion on this what do you, how do you feel about that how can i how can i make you feel more comfortable how can i speak about this without sounding like an asshole you know just literally asking the right questions and it's better to ask questions and aiming for the right questions but you know what i mean like actually be uh indulge a little bit you know like go beyond what um what you see not just love the looks or embrace the prettiness of the beauty that it is to be with other people, but actually uh, go a little bit deeper. Um, So I think that, Having being with somebody, having a partner from another culture, another country, another ethnicity involves way more than appreciating their physicality or their cultural traits—the the traits that everybody adores. I remember that um, in France, bro, this why is this just in France? Like, d- I think it was just more vocal. French dudes like generally don't give a fuck, <laughs> but um, I remember that people in France, like dudes, were obsessed with Latina women because first of all, we're fetishized as hell um we're seen as exotic we're seen as like wild just wild fun women um and we're seen as perfect kind of you know very appealing wives or mothers because we're very caring and we cook and we clean and we do all these things and we dance at the same time as we're singing and cooking and we're we love adding spice to our uh culinary culinary creations you know what I mean it's like this massive thing um that comes with the commodification in this case of women and the image the perceived image of women um way, you know, kind of falling into the colonizer, <laughs> into the mentality of the colonizer thing, topic. If that makes any sense, I, I think that was just a mouthful. I'm really sorry. This is just really hard for me to vocalize because it's very close to me and And I just don't want to, I'm definitely biased on this, but I just kind of want to keep it with as much neutrality as possible. Um. So just being aware of where, um, if you're a white person, where your sense of entitlement comes from. Um, I mean, I guess that just comes, that's just <laughs> the answer by itself, white person. Um, there's an inherent sense of entitlement. But um, I think that it's very important to uh, think of the moments when you feel entitled to the space that you're taking. Um, feel, think of the moments when, um, if you let your person speak. If you let their person, if you hold space for your person, you know what I mean? Um, they're not just a nice, cute, exotic accessory that look good with you and make you feel and make you look like you're not racist or make you look like you're accepting or liberal. You know, I think being, even if you're not a white person, even if it's people of color, white people with white people like whatever it is just in general i think it's a responsibility as a partner or as somebody who's holding space in a romantic intimate emotional context with the other person to be listening and willing to make them feel safe and comfortable at all times not just in sexual contexts not just because you want to fuck them not just because you love them and they look physically beautiful What it's generally You're dealing with a human being with emotions and with an emotional baggage with a list with experiences that might be triggered by some things that we unconsciously do. And we can absolutely uh, facilitate the space to talk these things through and make life easier for them and make, make, make us a safe space for the other person and for ourselves in general and for people in general. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a cycle that might start and reflect on your partner or might reflect on um a really special someone to you but at the end of the day it's it comes down to being understanding and um and going a little bit beyond what we what goes unquestioned you know so i think um being an active learner listener uh is key in being a safe space for yourself and for others i think learning being open and willing to to learn to hold space for whatever may arise to spark conversations or open up conversations about uncomfortable topics is so important. Um, Just to wrap this whole thing up, one of my best, one of the best advices I've ever received that I got from a good friend of mine uh, when I was really struggling in my last relationship was the following. They said to me, it's so easy because I was just like, yeah, like when we're together, we have the best time, but when we're separate, I just feel miserable. You know, like I feel I don't feel fully embraced. And they were just like, Barbara, it's so easy to do what they do in the movies, to do what we've been literally programmed to do with a person. It's so easy to, to replicate that. It's so easy to replicate the romanticized, beautiful um, part of being in love. It's beautiful. But the hard part and what most people can't get around with or takes so much more work, like literally active work and um, understanding and kindness, it's having the uncomfortable conversations and having those uncomfortable, really uncomfortable moments that might dismantle uh, your ego, your cultural beliefs, uh, your might shake a little bit your belief system, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I, th- I think that it's so important coming to um, a middle point. You know, it's it's not even you should not be forcing yourself. It's about finding a common ground. It's about finding a gray area where, uh, both beliefs, both universes and each person are respected and honored. Um, so this was a really great advice. And, um, I literally, okay, this is just going to be part one. I, I, this keeps going. What I prepared for today was, literally not this it was it was it was partially this but I went in another in another direction that I absolutely loved and I I'm really happy that I that came out um but um this is part one (laughs) of this uh but this is it for today I know that it was a lot and thank you so much for sticking around thank you so much for tuning in and listening and for sharing I truly appreciate and love uh seeing the love spreading and it makes me so happy to see more countries adding into the list every single week and for that I'm so grateful and uh so happy to and honored to uh be sharing this beautiful space with you and um thank you so much for trusting me and sharing with me your stories please please don't hesitate on doing that um around any of the topics we talk about uh you can text me at amora podcast and um yeah you can just uh we can we can chat about life books pets (laughs) that was really cheesy um yeah about things in general uh but um yeah thank you so much for listening I hope you have a wonderful week I hope that um this somehow uh either entertained you or there was some substance that you could get out of it and. I will see you on the next episode. Take care, peace and love, and be happy. Ciao.